Deke Shock. Deke Shock. Gather round while I sing you of Werner von Braun, a man whose allegiance is ruled by expedience. Call him a Nazi, he won't even frown. Nazi schmatzi, says Werner von Braun. When I was watching uh, Pawn Stars, yeah, what you're wearing is what the uh, History Museum guy that Very came similar, in. Very similar, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Red, shirt, red shirt. Yes. Ridiculous hat. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this it's yeah. it's beautiful that costume, guys. Yeah. How many in your group? Uh, a couple hundred, I guess. That I wow! Mean, I, mean, I was that, thinking it was like fifty. Locally, there's, there's probably thirty or forty that show up for the meetings, and, okay, and thirty or forty that show up for the thing. But there's probably two or three hundred that are actually members, and then in you know, uh, it's it's across the entire West, so it's like. So, so when you say entire west, like west of the Mississippi or further than that? West of the Mississippi. There's no chapters of the Clampers west of the Mississippi. Right. The Clampers. Yeah. The uh, um, uh, E. Clampus Vitus. It's a, uh, uh, as we say, it's a group of uh, um, uh, drunkards with a history problem. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we uh, get together and put up plaques. We're going to put up a plaque uh, this weekend up at uh, Pioche. I'm not going to be able to be there. Not Pioche. At um, Light. I'm not going to be able to be there because i got to work Saturday night, but I'm going to run up Sunday morning to see the dedication of the plaque. Okay, now the rhyolite's where all those weird art installations are. Right. right? Wait, did you see the picture of me hanging from the pubic hair? No, I, oh, did. yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Is there, this is this the, the statues that look like Legos? That's that's the one I'm hanging from. Okay, yes, I'm okay. hanging from the, the pubic hair of the uh, eight-butt woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't know rhyolite, rhyolite is a really – it's not really, it's not a town – it is a, it's a ghost. Co- it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town yeah. and a collection of really interesting art pieces in the middle of the desert. It's a ghost town, and then somebody put a little art uh, group next to it. A little so it's some really cool art. Actually, there is. I like the one that's like a collection of ghosts. Yes, that, that's with really the, cool. With the Last Supper. It, yeah, that's right. The Ghost yeah. Last Supper, yeah. and of course the Naked Lego people. Right, is is fun. Yeah, <laughs> Naked Lego. And there's a big couch. It's like a mosaic. It's a cement couch with mosaic stuff. Lots of glass in it. And way off on one side is a uh, Star Trek a communicator stuck in the cement. <laughs> That's great. Into yeah. the cement? Yeah. Wow. And then there's a house that is made out of beer bottles. Yes. That well, that's that dates from the ghost town. That's, right, that's right. actually a thing that we used to do out here. That used to be a... Because, you know, the bottles were a lot more solid back then. Yeah. And, so you uh, could build a house from them. Well, you, what you do is you'd, you'd, you'd build a... It'd be that and dirt. You'd, you'd like mix up mud and... Put the uh, bottles in the mud. They tried to fix it with cement one time uh, in like the 70s. Okay. And discovered that the cement and, and glass react differently in the heat. Oh. So yeah. they just fucked up a bunch of the bottles. <laughs> oh, geez. Cement, okay. Cement so, expands. So in dirt, the dirt and beer bottles well, were the way to do it. <laughs> Welcome to Geek Shock number 408. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact checked Andy. And we're here to talk week in geek. Thank you for indulging us the uh, week off. Appreciate it. And of course, hey, what a hey, crazy week. We were here. Where the hell were you guys? Well, Jeff was gone. Yeah. I was recuperating. Yeah? Yeah. Watu was gone. Kay and I got together and recorded a whole episode. We, we did a DIY And it disappeared. What the hell? Uh, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, will we? Was, so, it, was it that bad? No, you, you emailed it to me. I realized I could do that with stuff on my dad's computer, but then halfway through realized I didn't have 
all of the login and information that I needed yeah. for the. I mean, I, I have it for the 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 main website, but not for like our content aggregator and all of that gotcha. stuff. And uh, then I got distracted by my two and a half year old niece that wanted to play. They'll and, do that. And my eleven year old niece who was jealous of the two year old niece, and you know, you know how that goes. So that's fine. And I found it, a, I found this out today. As, as long as it's yes. not on me and Kay. Me and Kay did our part. Yes, yes long, you did. As long as it's not our fault, we're happy. The DIY became a lost episode. Yes. Well, nope. I I had not a lot of things on my mind during the week, and then no, like, you had a life, man. The fact literally that you two days after I was trying to work on it, and then got involved in family stuff and just totally forgot about it mm-hmm. until I got back today and I'm like no oh, man shit. you you offered on your All vacation right, so Jeff, that was crazy you even offered <clears throat> Jeff emailed it to me yeah. today so I'm going to post this episode and later on this weekend I'm going to upload the the is it was it just you two yes okay so yeah. The, the Commander K fact check Andy lost episode. With 17 minutes of those, us whining about uh, the the uh, the incident at Mandalay Bay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty fresh when you guys yes, recorded. Yes, it was. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like it wasn't that long ago still. No, no. And, and just to remind everybody, everybody here is okay. Uh, yes. We're, we're okay physically and mentally. Except we're, for Matt. Matt's dead. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, Matt Matt's so all right with it. That he's not with us tonight because the Vegas Golden Knights, yes, the hockey yes. team, this is their first home game, I guess. Our yeah. official professional NHL team starts and, today. And I believe I saw first the score is one to four right now. So they're, they're just four stuck. against. Four, we, we're winning. Okay. And, and four is, you don't get to four in hockey. That's, That's weird. A good point. And it's only the first quarter. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. they're, they're they the, don't even have quarters. They have periods. <laughs> periods. Excuse me, first period. You're right. That'd be weird. Periods. The weird stat, because like, they're like, to their 2-0 and right now, so they said they're the only NHL team to be undefeated <laughs> ever in, wow. their, in their entire history. That's interesting. <laughs> there you go. So he is there rooting them on because, you know, he's Canadian, so he has to do the... No, no. With that score, he's liable to get so excited he'll have a heart attack, yeah. and then... Uh, he's rooting for them tonight, but then when the Maple Leafs come to town, he'll be rooting for the Maple Leafs. And that's so when we get Do we punch. know this for sure as he said this? Oh, he's, he's flat out said it. Okay. He's like... He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the games, but when the Maple Leafs are in town, I'm always a Maple Leafs fan. I would okay. love to go to a to a Golden Knights versus Maple Leafs game with him. That would be fun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I could see you arriving in Golden Knight armor. I, you know, I know waving where to, a flag. I know where to get some. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, what I see is Andy standing up to cheer when the Knights score, and then pouring a drink on Matt in his yeah. Maple Leafs jersey, <laughs> and then he just totally flips out. <laughs> Paul, I'll stop him. It'll freeze on him. <laughs> But I want to thank all the shock monkeys out there for your concern you know, during and after the event. Yes. And, of, and of course, uh, your concern about my surgery went well. I'm, I've pretty much recouped at this point. I'm clear to go to work later on this week. So I, I'm good and good shape. Jesus. And Andy, Andy likes to play with things when, when he's not talking. And, and things get knocked over. Oh, God. As of they just have right Jesus, now. Jesus, like Andy. A bull in a china shop. <laughs> I've been hanging out with drunk historians. I'm not. Together. Oh yeah, it's their fault. Yeah. It is. I'm their not blaming fault. them. You're I'm right. Just... That's completely out of character. No, for you. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But thank you everybody for uh, your your concerns. Appreciate and and it. on top of that, and and to to exponentially make it an Andy moment, ah. he did it all over your. <laughs> thank you for your concern about my surgery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. That was just yeah. I'm, I was multitasking with my pillow. Wow. That's wow. <laughs> multitasking and, and, wow. and subtasking with a pillow. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
Now, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. Yes. So the news has piled up yeah. in all categories. Yeah. So we're going to bring back the uh, Pop-O-Matic of Doom this round. Oh, excellent. It's, it's got to be done because if we just like start with Weekend Geek, we won't leave it, and that goes with any category. I want to get the important question first. Waddle is dead, right? We don't have to see Waddle ever again? Never again. I have a normal any belly button again for the Woo-hoo! first time in near a decade. Yes. Quaid. Goodbye, Watto. Doesn't mean it doesn't me still talk to me a little Is bit. Quaid I don't mind it talking it to you. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. I don't know anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's just on a weird side tangent. Whenever I either watch Total Recall or hear people mention Quaid, I'm reminded that Piers Anthony wrote the novelization of Did Total Recall. Now? Oh, boy. And during that novelization, Quaid was called Quail. Mm. That was his last name. Uh. And so every time now that I see Quaid or hear Quaid, I immediately just go to Quail, you mean? It's Quail, right? I, I just... What, what was, it's was, forever was, broken my brain. So was Alan Dean Foster busy? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so in the movie when he says, my name is not Quaid, Quail. He, he really meant it. Yeah, yes, you're right. Quaid. Yeah, you're right. It's supposed exactly. to be Quail. Mm. <laughs> That's, I have decided to start... Yeah, because I need to collect something else in my life. Uh, a, I've got very specific rules on how I have to collect this. Yes. Collecting water, All right? I want to collect weird, obscure, especially genre-based movie book translations. Okay. Sure. You know, the Alan Dean Foster stuff. Sure. But, but for right. especially stuff that really didn't take off, like 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 the novelization of Life Force or, or something like that. Okay. Or there's Friday the 13th novelizations out there. Do you want the uh, the weird Marvel adaptions of comics, uh, movies no. they did, like The Deep? They did freaking Deep comic? No, I, I don't. I, you reached back there again and knocked something Stop else over. Stop playing with your hat. <laughs> good hat. Andy, just... No, not there. <laughs> on, on your bag on the floor. <laughs> Dear Lord, man. You're just God almighty. I can't even get mad. It's just so funny. <laughs> yes. as, as that little table loses more and more and more. Like, drop sh- shit. Drop, drop, <laughs> drop. These things can be worth quite a bit of money. Especially some of the more obscure. There's, there's a collector's market. I, for some I of own stuff. two copies of the uh, adaption of Buckaroo Banzai because I was looking for it for years. Now, and is I, this comic or novelization? A novelization. Oh, really? And I bought it at like some uh, some book collectors convention for twenty five bucks. And of course, the next year I found it at you know Goodwill for a quarter. Right. So I bought that one of too. Of course, of course. But uh, it's actually a really good ad- adaptation. It well, what's, a, what's fun about those novelizations, they're usually based on earlier versions of the sure. screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's why you get Quail or... or, or Buckaroo so Banzai just... I mean, I mean, it explains jokes that... There, there were jokes written into Buckaroo Banzai that are only apparently for the writers. I mean, like there, there's a bit where... Um, Jeff Goldblum's character keeps assuming everybody is is Reno. Oh, you're Reno, right? And, no, no, no. Reno's off, so and so, and 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 you find out in the novel that Reno's a woman, and so he's you know clearly ah, out of it. Gotcha. And it's that kind of stuff, or mm-hmm. or deleted scenes. Those are all usually in those novelizations, mm-hmm. unless they were given the final draft. But that's mm-hmm. kind of rare. Yeah. In those cases. So, but here's how I have to collect it. I can't buy them online. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So it means I can't go to Amazon or or eBay or any of that stuff. I have to find them out in the wild. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I can only find them, as you said, like, like Goodwill. Like my second Buckaroo Bonsai. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Like that, or if, you know. I really it, wanted that first Buckaroo Bonsai bad, though. It was worth 25 bucks. Of course it is. I've got, yeah. I, I would lay that yeah. down. Yeah. <clears throat> Amber Unicorn. And, or, yeah, or going to a used bookstore. But those are really my only options. Well, there's only three left in the country, so that's that's you know, the, the challenge. That's it, yeah. Make, it makes it really tough. So, yeah, that's so that's my, my new collecting. It's more of a game. Than, yeah. Like these are the these are the treasures I found under these specific circumstances. Mm. So mm. yay, fun treasure hunts. Yeah. Fun. I so, like it. Is it okay if other people find them and send them to you? I, I really don't want to do it that way. Okay, fine. You, you got to find it yourself. It's got to be yeah. the hunt. Yeah, it's got, it's all a part of that. All right. They would they would be stuffing our PO box. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if I if I happen to be Amber oh, Unicorn, I see. I see it. Can I point it out? I was going to say because I have a. a, a Original novelization of Star Trek: The Motion Picture that I've kept for sure. I think I might have more than thirty years. Which, like you were saying, in about them uh, being based on early drafts of the script, it's very different than the film. I mean, there's a lot of elements that are recognizable, but it's a much. It it would have made a much longer movie if they went off of what was in the novel. So stuff like that is. I think I'm going to ignore it, and I'm just going to get you stuff anyway. (laughs) Well, this this I will accept. If you're at a used bookstore and you find it, guys, um, and I'm talking to the guys in the room, I I don't want to open this up to the shock monkeys thing because I don't think I can afford that. Uh, If you tell me, hey, this is here, you want me to pick it up for you? I'll reimburse you. Ah, I I will. I will allow for that. Okay. So. You'll take one from the at. shock monkey. You'll take one from us, but not from the shock monkeys. Yeah, I, I don't want it to be like everyone find these treasures right. for me. That's not what I yeah, want. That's not, that's, that's not the fun part. Yeah. So finding the, it is half the The fun part the is fun. like going to savers and finding this stuff. Sure. That's the fun part. Like what the fuck was I found at uh, I found it uh, one of the savers was the uh is it Fart Boy or something? What the fuck was that? Fart thing? Boy? Thunderpants. That was it. Thunderpants. Wait, wait, wait. Thunderpants? Yeah. The, the movie Thunderpants. Yes. Okay. They I, actually, found, I found see, the There's DVD. no novelization of Thunderpants. No. I found the DVD of Thunderpants. I'm like, holy fuck. Wow. What the hell is Thunderpants? Thunderpants <laughs> <He is, knows. laughs> is a British movie uh, starring uh, Rupert Grint is one of the actors in it, the, okay. the young redhead from Harry Potter. Yeah. He's certainly the biggest actor on the cover because Harry yeah. Potter came out after it or yeah. something. Yeah. And and it's about a guy, a kid with bad flatulence problems, and he uh-huh. how he uses it, I guess, to be a superhero. Okay, yeah. So Thunderpants, Thunderpants. Oh, now it's been a couple dun, dun. of weeks. So, guys, what geeky things did you do in that time? I saw Blade Runner. I did too. The, so did I. The original. Yes. Yes. Awesome. How was it? And twenty forty nine. Oh, I figured. I don't care about that. One. I figured if Todd, if if Todd ha- is gonna see the original, I, it's about time I did too. <laughs> there are eight versions, and I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. And I don't know which one I saw. <laughs> I saw the one without the narration, but without the unicorn stuff too. I mean, the unicorn shows up at the end. Oh, that's the second one. The second one without the narration, but without the unicorn dream, but just to show the unicorn right, at the end. Get, no, you got that. That's the third. That one's gonna be the third one. The third one is the one with the unicorn dream. No, that's the second. Wait, I don't know. I'm talking out my ass. Third face. Okay. <laughs> He's fucking with you. Ah, yes. I I barely remember what Blade Runner was about, <laughs> which is why I wouldn't watch it again. Sure. If if I when I see the sequel, I will watch the first one first. God, I am such a cult fan of this movie. I've seen it so many times. Right. When I meet geeks who are like, oh, I can't even I can't even remember it after I'm just like. What's wrong with you? 
I don't remember it very well, but I I run across a lot of people like I couldn't get it. It's just too long and too boring. And boy, if you had that yeah. problem with the first one, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what to make of the sequel. I I I I saw it uh, yesterday, uh, and I'm still trying to decide if I liked it or not. I didn't hate it, but I'm just sitting there and I'm like, hmm. And it was a three-hour movie too. I, I I should have looked at the running time before I went in there because I'm sitting there going, I'm like, it's got to be almost over. Because <laughs> the theater that I saw it in is... Uh, actually, the, the theater itself is a great story. No. Uh, uh, I saw it at the Warren Theater in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Which is... I know we've talked about like classic movie palaces in here on before. Well, the guy that started this theater chain, which just recently got bought by Regal Cinemas... It's it's only in Wichita and a few other Midwest states, but his goal was to bring back the movie theater palace, the palace experience, experience, nice. but still have the modern amenities. So I mean, you're okay. talking like the red velvet walls and okay. the the deco style decorations on the, the Art Deco decorations on the wall and the architecture, and it's it's a beautiful theater. It's trying to create the state of the art Bijou theater, yeah. Nice. Um, like the main theater, which he calls the Warren Grand, has has a balcony, and the balcony is reserved seating with your own little table, and you actually have a server that comes out and serves you. Just for the blacks and yokies? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's interesting that he they just recently did was they they have a a sub part of the theater now called the Warren Twenty One, which it's twenty one and older only. You have to be 21 years of age, so you can't bring kids in there with you. Yeah, the war on 21, absolutely. So, um, and it's got the recliners, and these are heated recliners. So, oh, well. So, you know, a lot of times when you go to the theater, it's too cold. Like How the AC cold does is it just, get in Wichita? You've been to the theater when what? they jacked up the AC, and Not it's Wichita. like... <laughs> but here in Vegas, I've yeah, had yeah. that happen, where it's just like ridiculously freezing, like... Uh, last time bring I your was, lady and bring a jacket. Well, I was gonna say last time I was at the uh, uh, the Galaxy, there were people with blankets. So wow, <laughs> that's yeah. that's just an well, idea. Well, that's there to cover something. Else. I bring a, a whoa. well, ooh. yeah, that's for the theater handy. Okay, okay. But so anyway. the seats are heated because they yeah. jack up the AC so much. Well, just does the, anyone else <laughs> see what <laughs> I see a problem there? The, the money saving thing. I I, I can. Dude, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not a problem that's easily America. solved, but you know when you got that one person that's I don't know if you've been to the Midwest. There's large people there, <laughs> frequently, myself included. So you know some people like you are that what we call Midwest Midwest felt. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, <laughs> but uh, you know you have a varying degree of sizes of people in the theater and some people like that extra brisk ac and some don't so that's why they have the heated seats but anyway getting my the theater is gorgeous it's got hand-painted murals all over like you would have Beautiful. in the classic movie palaces if you look it up online it's called the warren east um it's on several of the well the one i went to is the warren east but they have uh, five locations there in wichita do they have the can the uh, curtains that draw back? Yeah. The- well, they raise up. They that works. But the old classic velvet yeah, like curtains that, that rise like up. That and then uh, one of the neat, this. one of the yeah. neat touches, and how I knew that it was three hours long. Neat touches. That's why you need the blanket. For. Is they have the old classic uh, dial clock with the neon, and it says Warren Theater 
over in the front near, near the screen. Wow, which yeah. Which the wow. very first theater, I, movie palace theater I went to, which is the Crest Theater that I mentioned on here, had one of those on the wall for decades. And it literally just said Crest, excuse me, Crest Theaters, or Crest Theater. And it was off to the side. It was just subtle, like purple, like bluish purple neon. And it was not distracting from the movie, but you could still kind of glance over and see what the time is. <laughs> this, mo- this movie is three hours. All right, Jesus. You, you sold me. I want to go here. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. I mean, like I said, if you've ever been to one of those classic movie palaces, it's, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. Now that Cinemark bought it, uh, a friend of mine in high school oh, you're, you're knew, knew Bill Warren, who is the guy that started this chain, and said that his, his original goal way back in the day was to have these nationwide as well as he wanted to build like a full functioning movie studio in Wichita. And I'm like, wow, the weather there is not conducive to movie making. Cause it's a lot of remakes of, uh, of uh, Snowpiercer. And, uh, <laughs> Let's just thing. say that the whole week that I was there, it was only sunny and clear two of the days. It They're was mostly work- cloudy and raining the whole time I was there. They're now so. working on their fourth reboot. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's it'd be great for post-apocalyptic movies where mm. the apocalypse was corn grew everywhere. <laughs> so one of his dreams could come to fruition. The other one, not Children so much. Children of the Corn Apocalypse. Their fourth reboot of Field of Dreams. But yeah, I wouldn't oh, mind yeah. seeing Warren theaters all over the country. I mean, he even had the old marquee out front with the hand put up letters and the, the neon and the big Warren in giant neon letters out front. I love it. Yeah. What else would do that? Anyway. Well, I saw Blade Runner. Tell me about Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. uh, Visually amazing. Yes, like the first one. Yes, in a different sort of different way. Um, It was funny. I watched Half in the Bag, um, where Mike and Jay. Mike didn't quite like it, but admitted it was a fantastically well crafted movie. Jay liked it. Jay said it's one of the best sequels in 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 years. Yeah, I'm the the reviews I'm seeing online, the the the, the quick ones I will read as opposed to the in-depth ones. All my smart friends love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the dumb people that are on my Facebook feed is like, "Oh boy, they don't dig it." Blade Runner 2049. If you love it, you're you're the <laughs> Rick and Morty fan oh, of the, of the yes. science boy, fiction go. movie. Going to get into this, huh? I was yeah. fascinated that they kept the the storyline for the original, like with the the Chinese and Japanese stuff all over the city, uh, they still had uh, Russia as uh, USSR. You know, yeah. if you caught that on some of the signs, so yeah, I did see. So that. they kept that storyline, that alternate. That I, now it would be an alternate. I had my moment of timeline. Schrodinger's racism watching the first one again. Was an actress came on. Actor came on, and a friend of mine was with Celestia. Was with Celestia, and Celestia goes, "Oh, it's that guy. He did everything in the '80s." I'm like, "Yeah, it's James Hong." And then yeah. I think I'm like, "Is it James Hong, or am I just calling every Japanese actor James Hong?" <laughs> so I had to look it up. It was James Hong, so I, I was okay. And that's double racism because Hong is Chinese, not right? Exactly, Japanese. exactly. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> later on in the week, time? Celestia and I were working a gig, and I'm drawing this this Asian guy. Oh, wow. And I look over and, like, and I go, Celestia, check this guy out and picture him saying, I didn't text you, vodka did, which is a, uh, uh, on bil- it's on a billboard out here. Yeah, and it's Lee's, Lee's oh, Liquor. Oh, no. And, oh. and she's like, look at him like, oh, my God, you idiot. 
Why are you oh. saying this at a gig I brought you into? You racist moron. She's not saying this is what I'm in her yeah, head. Yeah, and, I'm like, and I'm like, come oh, on, right oh, 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 unlike she said you, it. unlike you, who actually said it out loud. Except that she it was it. him. She said it. She just it was said it. It was the guy from the billboard. Oh. I mean, I was talking to the guy and pointing out who it was. So when I said oh, that, oh. <laughs> you, you were being literal. Yes. And she thought you were being figurative. And so she had, to I whip her, she had to whip her races around and throw it on herself. Just, <laughs> just, so, <laughs> just so our listeners, yes. just to clarify, Lee's Discount Liquor is owned by the Lee family. They're yes. Chinese. It was Kenneth Lee that I drew. And they, they do their own promotions all over the place, all over the place, featuring the father and the son. And they're really uh, okay. terrible ads too. No, they're, they're very, they're, they're very effective they're, ads. They're that yeah. no, endearing right. local business awful. Um, yes, uh, it's every bad oh, joke about booze. The, the TV commercials are the worst. The billboards oh, God, are yeah. at least somewhat amusing. Yeah, that's true. That's but the true. TV commercials are just. And you awful. know what's what I what I I'm amazed too that they get away with so much shit. I'm still waiting for some activist to go after them. Because their billboards really—they're lightly racist. They, 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 they push—they well, they push the boundaries they push for the, sure. They push, I mean, they push the rate boundary pretty hard. Well, well, it's sort of like you know, um, if uh, alcohol is not the answer, you're asking the wrong question. Yeah, yeah. yeah science. Right. My science favorite. Says, yeah. My favorite is science says alcohol is a solution. <laughs> 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 Which I absolutely love. Yeah. So, but um, th- th- yeah, that's, that's really they should be back by the chive. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to Blade Runner twenty forty. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I really enjoy. Yeah, I did enjoy it. I uh, I liked I liked everything about it. I like what they did with Harrison Ford and what the right. story is going on there. Added a whole new I almost, layer. I almost want to see it today, but it just didn't have time. I'm really looking forward to it. I, and honestly, it's one of the first movies in a long time I've been like, I gotta see that. I yep. Gotta see that. Yep. Oh, so you haven't seen it? Yet. Not yet. Oh, I've seen it. I, I went and rewatched the original. So of course, I, he did it. He almost went to see it. Yes, yeah, I don't course. know why I was yeah. questioning this. Why would you yeah, question yeah. that? Yeah, I don't really. But um, you know what I'm loving? These goddamn Tim Tams. Thanks again, Mandy. Yeah, yeah, These yeah. guys have much more control than I do because uh, the, the bats you gave me were gone that weekend. I've been <laughs> gone for a week. This is the first time Jeff's seen them, too. Yeah. Well, no, nobody's touched these Tim Tams for a few weeks, then Andy comes oh, in. Oh, and... I've touched them. <laughs> I, have, oh, okay. I have made love to these Tim Tams. To get this man a blanket. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't open I'm the I'm definitely white. not touching them now. <laughs> <laughs> All the more Tim Tams for me. <laughs> Well, I, I do have to thank you guys for at least attempting to get me Szechuan sauce while I was gone. Oh, my God. The Szechuan uh, sauce story. That was, I mean, even before we got into the whole craziness, I was like sitting there going, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's this weekend. So they went to McDonald's handy little website that they have. And nowhere in Kansas was the thing being offered. Nowhere in Kansas. Um, Not the only state that was left out. I, no. A lot of states were left out. Because uh, they had like... Like there were a few like Kansas City area locations that were giving air uh, giving away the posters, but I couldn't find one that was giving away the Szechuan sauce because it they they would list ones participating in the promotion, but unless it says Szechuan available, that meant they didn't have the sauce. I'm looking on there. Wichita isn't even listed in the the list of Kansas. Okay. Um, they had like uh, Kansas City, Kansas. They had. Uh, Lawrence, which is where the University of Kansas is, sure. where I went to school, and um, like one other Kansas City suburb, and then you flip over on the Missouri side. There were a couple in Mis- the Missouri side of Kansas City that had 
or we're supposed and went to, to all have the of them. Minus the sauce. No, I was in Wichita at the time, so <laughs> okay, then, that's then, why I right. texted you guys because I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, well, I wonder if Vegas has it. Of course, there's only two in the whole damn city. Two that, locations that are supposed to have the sauce. Allocated twenty cups each. Supposedly, yeah, yes. that's that's the that's my understanding. Because I've heard that some locations only got like five packets, which I'm kind of calling bullshit on. I'm yeah. sure it was like a package of twenty. But yeah. Minus the sauce, what the hell is a promotion? It's you, there a promotion, is no promotion. The promotion is actually for. You, you know what? Let's let's go ahead. And, oh, I'm, it's, I'm, it's it, in the news. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and hit, hit the popomatic. No, no, no. Get out of there. <laughs> All right, I'm just just so we can get everybody on the same page as to what happened this oh. weekend before we discuss it. You, yeah. So and and there's a happy ending to this, yes. everybody. So yes. they'll, they'll, so hang on. Then I have to look that up. Then so Good. McDonald's will once again be bringing back its controversial quote unquote controversial uh, yeah, sauce Szechuan sauce in the wake of seismic fan uproar over the condiments lack of availability this weekend. A decision comes amidst a turning Twitter insurgence against the fast food giant for its lack of Szechuan sauce in the aftermath of sightings of police presence at several McDonald's locations where cops were called to keep pissed off fans at bay. Yeah, Um, I was killed in the sauce wars of uh, of 2017. 2017. (laughs) On Sunday, the uh, chain tweeted that it plans to stock up on the sauce packets this winter and copped that its super limited batch... Uh, clearly didn't satiate enough fans of the sauce, which was inspired by the 1998 movie Mulan and exploded in cult popularity after the Adult Swim cartoon Rick and Morty gave it props. This is McDonald's statement, quote, Between the costumes, the memes, and the cross-site travel, you, the fan, showed us what you got. (laughs) And our super limited batch, though well-intentioned, clearly wasn't enough to meet that demand, unquote, the company wrote, explaining the product will make yet another resurgence. Szechuan sauce is coming back again this winter. And instead of being one day only and limited to select restaurants, we're bringing more, a lot more, so that any fan who's willing to do whatever it takes for Szechuan sauce will only have to ask for it at a nearby McDonald's. So I'm saying what we want to make this right, uh, the chain added in closing. Uh, Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland also took to Twitter on Sunday saying that he was not happy with how McDonald's handled the promo, urging fans not to take things out on McDonald's staffers. Yeah. There is one quote that I I looked up from Dan Dan Harmon, which I absolutely adored. And it kind of speaks to your question about it, Andy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan Harmon wrote, Yes, can I get a McBlatantly unlicensed integration meal done not well? Hold the permission. Extra awkward. Unquote. <laughs> no, actually, my qu- I'm sitting here over here in the policy chair still, so I have to be the conspiracy theory guy. Did they actually do this half-assed promotion, the promotion intentionally? The promotion was actually to for their new buttermilk crispy tenders. Yeah. Supposedly... The very limited number of restaurants across the nation that were going to have the sauce were only supposed to have 20 packets per store. They don't say that on the website. They just says limit one per person at per participating stores. A lot of the stores didn't get their supply. Right. But or they, they, say, they said they didn't get their the supply, and I guess they're looking into allegations of employee theft. But did they but, do the half-assed version oh, of yeah. it? Oh, so yeah. They, they, they could... totally handled this wrong. No, no, no. no, 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 no. He's no, asking, was it deliberately... Is it new Coke? 
He's asking. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying, did they do it intentionally? Yes. So they could lightly test the waters without putting any monetary that risk into it. I couldn't tell which you. Which is the conspiracy behind New Coke. Oh, is that really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That. I'm going to go ahead and say probably. I mean, really, yeah. when it comes down to it, yeah. this this was you know handled a lot. It reminded me a lot of how Comic Con works with a lot of promotions mm. there. A very very limited amount to try to get people drummed up in an idea. Yeah, uh, and the ideas out yeah. there, and then once that's out there, then all of a sudden they open up something to the masses yeah. on the online site. We've heard the, the will of the people, and yes. we yeah. will placate them. Right? Yeah, and and yeah, it, it was handled poorly, probably intentionally, uh, but yeah, you know, I can't. Now I've that. heard I've heard the recipe is out now. <laughs> well, the recipe was out yeah ways ago, and and, and of and, course, and it ain't good. It ain't great. <laughs> Of course, the yeah. next day I did see them uh, all over eBay. Sure. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Curiously, in twenty packet packet packages. <laughs> no, no, no. They, some people were trying to say the the one posting that just made me laugh is like somebody had a single sealed packet for is it in the buy it now price of nine hundred ninety nine dollars. It and was I'm like, great. No, we were we were watching uh, Andy. We were watching Matt check it out on eBay. Check it out this weekend, and he. Matt's flipper eBay rage oh. has transcended oh, yeah. juggernaut. Yes. Oh, wow. Now he, because he doesn't care about the sauce. He didn't give a shit. Right. Nothing. He didn't go looking for it. Nothing. Juggernaut just, has just triggered it. And now, now any flipper thing, he, see, he despises flippers. Seeing those triple digit packets on eBay got him so angry. <laughs> He threw his phone down. He was just like, fuck these fucking... I don't even want to fuck... You know, he just... It was great. It's really great. Well, and that's and that obviously was going to happen from the beginning. Uh, just, just to put my own personal edge into it, uh, Jeff asked for the sauce. And then we... So I said, yeah, I'll go see if I can't get you one. And, and I'll get, grab yeah. one for myself while I'm there. That'll be great. <laughs> Honestly, my feeling on it is that if I got it, cool. If not, no big deal. Sure. That's so, my take on so it. So I went to you know the one of the two McDonald's in town that was going to carry it. But you didn't show up in a, in a Morty costume, so you know. No. And there was absolutely no parking there or any parking around it. And you could see on the inside that it was way busier than a McDonald's normally Should is be. at that time. Yeah, as long as I'm here, I better order some of them buttermilk biscuits. No, no, I just moved on. Yeah, you you, it, you did, but yeah. the 5,700 people that were there. No, they were bitching about their packets. Yeah. So and, and ordering food. And then, you know, I went on Twitter. I was like, well, McDonald's handled this pretty poorly. Bleh. And like then I went somewhere else and grabbed something else to eat. They're fucking geniuses. I mean, they've got... Now, their, their... here's the thing, though. You know, as, but the thing is that that left kind of a bad taste in my mouth because I'm right. like, there's a town of two million people in this city. And you have two McDonald's with what's reportedly 20 packs each. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, that's obviously a heavy undercut and so that's either got to be intentionally or got to be really stupid right so and i'm going to edge more toward the first yeah and so when i went there initially i'm like well if they're only allowing one per person then i'm going to grab one if i can and then i'll save it and give it away on the show because obviously it's a very special thing but right. anybody who gets a hold of one for the most part is going to flip it because yeah. there's so few that, you know, supply and demand dictates that you can get 50 bucks for a packet of oh, yeah. Szechuan right. sauce. Flip that Szechuan sauce, you so, know what I mean? So, of course, I didn't get one. I didn't even, I didn't even stop. All right. And then moved on. But the thing is that afterwards, I had such a poor taste in just mulling it over in my head that there's been a few times since then that I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out to drive through and get something and... 
my first thought always, because it's McDonald's has always been the first thought of drive through in my life. Interesting. Uh, that I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want McDonald's. I want, I want something else. In fact, it's it's the first time in a long time that I s- said no to McDonald's and yes to Carl's Jr., which is weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, before you say Carl's Jr., I was going to say, well, look at the bright side. By Christmas, you'll have lost 25 pounds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Carl's Jr. I ate the worst possible things in, in the yeah, world. Yeah, right. It, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have the uh, a, enough of a different online presence than I because – one of the things I found interesting is the outpouring of hatred for diehard Rick and Morty fans. Yes. Where I didn't people, see this. I saw the post about... I, 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 see, I'm seeing people complain, oh, God, I hate... And people we know going, I hate Rick and Morty fans. They are so obnoxious. And it's like... I hate Rick and Morty, but I hate the fans. No, 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 the fans. And I'm just like, because they're supposed to be these superior... And it's funny, I consider myself a Rick and Morty fan, but now sure. I'm beginning to understand... Fan of X versus X fan. Okay. And, you know, the fan of Star Trek versus the Star Trek fan. And I'm I, I'm a fan of Rick and Morty, but I'm not a Rick and Morty fan, apparently, because I don't even travel in the circles to see this because it's supposed to be a rather condescending, arrogant. Sure. You know, they're almost like ob- the objectivists of 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 <laughs> cartoon science fiction because well, kind of they're really smug superior i'm so much better than the surrounding unwashed to be fair every thing that has fans has those types of fans yeah there are sports it. fans that are that way which, we, which we, is we the- think about it a lot because you know you get into like the the classic geek versus nerd argument it's like you know the nerd knows everything there is to know about the thing and then you know the geek just absolutely adores it yet it's kind of the same in the sense that you both like it but i i'm of the opinion that you don't need to obsess about every detail or something to enjoy something and like it some people are that way i don't know any rick and morty fans that are like the people that are being described on Twitter and Facebook over All the right. last few days. <clears throat> okay. However, I, mean, I won't those. deny that they exist yeah. because, as I said, with everything well, that has a fan base. They prove themselves at a few yeah. McDonald's by, you know, yeah. getting in the face we of McDonald's employees. Yeah. I don't condone sauce. that. I mean, yes, some McDonald's employees are infuriating. I will, I, I've had that ex- exact experience myself, even having been on both sides of the counter at McDonald's. You know, I, I understand that, but don't take it out on the employees. I hate kill the messenger with a purple yeah. passion. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they're, they're making minimum. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. I, I think the difference between fandom and toxic fandom right. is when the fan judges the other fan to their own personal fandom. Right. How much are you are of, a fan compared to yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. And that's used, where I think it gets ugly. There used to be a knee-jerk reaction like that towards women. Yeah, where we're, yes. yeah, we we black you know. Well, you're not really a fan. You're a yeah. woman. Who's, if, yeah, if you're a fan, answer these eight questions. Hey, fuck right. off. That just happened in sports over the last week. Really? Cam Newton uh, got a, a question oh, yeah. from a from a female reporter, oh, yeah. and his knee jerk reaction was respond that say that it was funny. You know, cut that question coming from a woman, and then in retrospect, he's like, you know what? I apologize because I realize there are football fans that are you know women are football fans just as much as men now and. All that stuff, but I mean, the backlash for the week was huge because mm-hmm. it's like, so so women can't be football fans and know everything. I know women that are obs- as obsessed with 
football offensive tactics and defensive tactics well, I'm just as much say, as men. So, yeah, in this day and age, it shouldn't be. I'm happy to say I think we've moved past that. Yeah. I think that I, I think we can accept that there are women that are, they're, you know, well, nerd see, the thing is, right. I, I, I the think general public hasn't moved past that. We accept that. that women are just as brain damaged as men as far as this goes. I think maybe <clears throat> us in this room accept, wow. accept that. But the general feel, public Andy? still... How does it feel? Still has that <laughs> sexist... You got... You got Pillowed too. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even finish that sentence. But it's almost like I, it's more of appalling. Actually, I was going to say it's not just nerds. I was going to say it's just it's almost like nerds are far more aggressive about targeting other nerds. They're not as much a fan, but they do every every genre. I think that I think, I think about it does that too. Nerds nerds have a bigger loud presence on the internet, sure. which magnifies everything, and I think that partly blows it out. In right. my opinion. It blows it out of proportion. Because I think there's sure. tons of hostility like that. Like you said, sport anywhere. Hey, I've been at football games where like, they, you don't know half as much as I know about you this player and right. all that stuff. And I've seen people get into near fisticuffs at a football game that is a over mentality. some yeah. stupid, trivial bullshit. And I've seen it at Comic-Con, too. Sure. Yeah, well, of course. I was at the zoo a few years ago with my daughter and my brother, I'm back to my brother's zoo in, in Boston, <clears throat> and there's a bunch of flamingos, and one of them is beating on the other flamingo. And my daughter goes, why is that Why is that bird picking on the other bird? And my brother goes, calmly in his zookeeper voice, I'll let you in on a little secret. Birds are jerks. <laughs> and nothing hates a bird as much as another bird. There's a lot of that with Nerd World, too. Yeah. yeah well, Patton, Patton Oswalt once threw out, nobody bullies... Like the formerly bullied. Oh, yeah. That's true. That is true. So. Yeah, fan is a general over-encompassing word for a lot of people, and that encompasses a lot of personality types. Sure. You know, so yeah, it, just because you're a fan doesn't mean that you're not a jerk. Yep. Easy as that. Respect and each doesn't other mean and that love you, each other. That you have, you know, social graces. You, you Fans is a wide umbrella. Mm-hmm. It really is, yeah. So, and unfortunately, that umbrella covers all assholes, too. Sure. Yep. Ones that jump behind counters and steal sauce. <laughs> uh, that. Did somebody really do that? Yeah. Neat. I didn't hear that Terrible, one. but neat. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Andy! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm totally against it, but the fact that it happened, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm excited by the fact that it happened. Enabling Andy. That is interesting to me. So, you know, terrible, but fandom should be over inclusive. Unfortunately, some people don't believe it should be. Some people believe it should be a small group of of widely a small group of people that know a whole lot about a little thing and no one else can get in there. That's one of the great conundrums, too, because, you know, wasn't the whole aspiration of geekdom is like, man, if people could just understand you get somebody asks you a question about one of your geek things and you start launching into it to convert them and bring them around to it's awesome. And now that it is started, it is happening. It's been happening for like 10, 15 years now. Right. Geeks are just like, ah, where are all these freaks coming from? As a teenager, can you imagine a world where a lot of people know who Hawkeye is? I mean, come yeah, on, that's that's huge. It is funny because I mean, as a kid, I remember thinking, "God, I just want to be accepted for who I am and what I like." And then now we're in an atmosphere where it is far more accepted, mm-hmm. and it's very much mainstream now. When it was goddamn Johnny kind of a subgenre, I remember as a kid, and some people are upset about that because it's like. 
It's like uh, when you're a kid and you let the girl into the boys only clubhouse. It's like we're older now, we're adults. That kind of stuff is bullshit. Then they all everybody train should on the be girl included, protected yeah. from the clown. Everybody should be included, and people are doing exactly to others, like you said, that were done to them. So anyway, I'm I'm really glad I'm Jeff trying. soldiered on through that <laughs> comment, Andy. I'm really glad. I was trying to. I'm not sure what I was trying to say when I was saying it, but you I'm you kept tired. on saying no, Jeff. Trust me, you did a service to humanity by continuing to talk over that line. Because it took a few minutes, uh, seconds for my brain to process all the phonemes, but then I realized what Andy said, and I was like, wow. So if, if toxic fandom bothers you, when you see something, somebody doing it, you know, speak out. Well, that, I have a that unfortunately yeah. is the, the sucky thing, because yeah. you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for getting pulled into that maelstrom but at the same time that is how you combat it yeah that 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 has to be sure i've i've done it before i've said what's wrong with that person liking this thing? Well, your, we're, we're talking about on the internet jeff not oh, here in oh, this room yeah. i would never do that not on the not on the show yeah, put your arm around the oppressed people that's <laughs> i mean i've done it in public but i'm saying i would <laughs> yeah, never I do it on the internet because that's that's a losing battle. That way, you Cubs will never death. win that Cub fight. Come embrace the bronies. Come on. Uh, okay, Andy, there is going too far. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Acceptance has limitations. <laughs> Andy, Andy's just counting down the days till the My Little Pony movie. It's already out. Is it already yeah. out? <laughs> well, that joke he's, failed he's, miserably. <laughs> he's nodding and smiling well, well, greatly. Could, actually, the only way he could have topped that is if he had stated the number of days since it had come out as a negative integer. <laughs> <laughs> then it would have been. Then it would have been geeky and appropriate. And uh, also, uh, another geeky thing I did this week. Ha, sorry. Yeah, I was uh, going to kibosh it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I watched. The critical role finale of their two and a half, almost three year long campaign. Wow. Everything uh, you wanted it to be? Uh it was it was a big epic battle. Um the the crew actually went up against uh Vecna uh, ascending to as in the hand of uh, as in uh, he got his hand back. Whoa. It was ascending to God. <sighs> What? I would actually answer, Andy, if you would let me answer. <laughs> Fine. That's not what he does, though, Kirsten. Yeah, I know. But um, it was funny because these are voice actors. Mm -hmm. These are performers. Yes. Uh, people who may not know what Critical Role is. It was uh, some voice actors who got together just to do a little D&D. &D. They're, they're a circle of voice actors in L.A. And they found that they enjoyed it so much they started doing it more. And then eventually, through a number of connections, people were like, you know what? You should stream this. You should put it up on uh, <clears throat> on the internet. They started doing that, and it's become a phenomenon. They uh, Something like a phenomenon? They've had an incredible impact <laughs> on drawing in new people into D&D. &D. And um, uh, one comment that I saw on a very good discussion, if you f look for it on YouTube, uh, 5e roundtable 5th edition roundtable Mike Merles who's a lead developer at uh, <clears throat> Dungeons and Dragons T uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, Matt Mercer who DMs the Critical Role game and Matt Colville a gentleman I've mentioned who's been doing this whole bunch of go out there and play D&D &D YouTube videos they were talking about 
uh, D&D, the streaming phenomenon. And um, one of the comments from Mike Merles, if I remember it right, was streaming is the venue that a tabletop role-playing game has been looking for. It's really contributing towards popularizing, making it more popular than ever. He made the great, Merles made the great analogy of, it's like if you're a big baseball fan, you love baseball, and you want to introduce a friend to baseball by giving them the baseball rule book. Sure. That's what like it it it, it kind of is like in the old days of tabletop role playing. Right. You're talking about D and D, you give them the player's handbook, or you describe your own experience. It's not the same as people watching it. I remember in Knights of the Dinner Table that comic, <clears throat> which is a long time running comic about role playing, has great connections to the military, and you would have people in the military bringing. Show, uh, sending in pictures of their game like a half dozen guys or a dozen guys from a squad playing at a table and the entire fucking company yes several platoons sitting around watching them play and that became like a would become like a little tradition on some military bases I love it watching the game a lot of people talk about how it's boring or uninteresting but if you get emotionally invested it actually takes on an experience for you, and you learn and appreciate the game and the play of the game. And there are so many people getting into role-playing games, tabletop, outside of WoW, outside of, of, of computer and console, by watching the streaming. Critical Role has hundreds of thousands. Each episode has hundreds of thousands of views. It's huge. It's a, it's a, it is its own phenomenon. So episode 114 is the culmination of their two-and-a-half, three-year campaign. These characters have gone from first level. They're running up 18, 19 level um, in, in characters. They're going up against Vecna, and these are voice actors. So they put a little bit more into their performing their characters. People are getting a very emotional. This epic battle is a five-hour, 45-minute oh, wow. stream. They usually stream, uh, I think it's from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. East, uh, Pacific on Twitch on Thursdays. But they, would, they, they actually took this one all the way to 12.45 a.m. to finish the battle. And they, they have this lovely emotional aspect to it, constant back and forth in terms of uh, who's winning, who's losing. And it's, it, was, it was really a treasure to watch because there was also a tremendous ca character investment that I won't go into because, boy, it'd be too long and it would be a spoilery and it would also just... Uh, you just wouldn't get it anyway sure. unless you've been watching. I've been watching the last... I think I've been watching the last 30 or 40. I did not jump in. Now, I was going to ask you, do you watch the whole thing? That's 114 episodes. Yeah, I haven't done that myself. Okay. I jumped in at like 70 or 80. Part of the reason I got so excited and jumped over your lines is Vecna. I mean, that's a, that's the, the hand and eye of Vecna right. were artifacts from yes. the first Dungeon Master's yep. Guide I owned. And that's part of what Matt Mercer does. Right. He, he folds in, he knows D&D, and he folds in a lot of stuff like that. And so you have Vecna in there in a classic play. I'll tell you guys off. You off tell us off all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> off recording, 
just uh, so I don't, in case anybody has the slightest interest in tuning in, because there's a brilliant emotional moment, and then there is a fucking brilliant, almost Todd Bristow-like maneuver. <laughs> no, Actually, wow. kind of more Barry, ah. and more Dr. Vlarg. Ooh. Actually, Todd and Vlarg together. That freaks me out now. Moment right at the very end. I'll tell you about it when we're not recording. Right. It is absolutely brilliant. And the rest of it will tell you about it when he's drunk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it... It, I really do advise you get into critical role. These these are people who are childhood friends, their work associates, their friendships have grown through the play of the game. You actually learn, you can watch these episodes. When somebody says to you, why? Why play D&D? Get one of these episodes up and play it. And, you know, they'll begin to understand. Don't view it as a spectator but view it as one of the people in the room and you'll get an idea of why people do this. Yeah. Cuz it's it was and it was it was tremendous and it was a hell of a lot of fun. So I uh, I definitely have tremendous respect for the people. If you have watched Critical Role or you're not interested in watching but are curious about what I'm talking about, Matt Colville does a breakdown of the final episode, that final battle on his channel, Matt Colville on YouTube. The guy who says, you know, go out there and play some D&D, which is a channel I definitely recommend. So you can watch that, which he just put out. And he does a beautiful breakdown and discussion of the of the, fin- the finale and the final adventure. And it's great. Now you're pulling me in. That's for damn sure. Oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful what they do. Well, before we continue on with getting into the news, uh, the book club book, of course, is Sleeping Beauties by Owen and Stephen King. Uh, The silence has broken. Uh, If you are participating in reading the book, again, take this book at your own pace. It is over 700 pages long. I'm about 40% through it myself. Uh, I I believe there's been two actual book club members that have finished it and already started talking about it in in the broken silence. And I'm really impressed. So anybody out there who says that I read fast, uh-uh, these guys have it all impressive. over me. Impressive. Yeah. Most impressive. So, so but again, I, I will join in once I've finished. And, and even if you, you know, finish a couple months from now, join in then. That this, those talking areas of the Facebook page are always open to be commented on. So, so join us when you will. All right, gentlemen. A lot of stuff in two weeks. You know, I'm back to 16 pages of notes here. So we have Jeff, to bring Jeff back. The yes, we have the Pop-O-Matic of Doom. Now, now before you start pressing, let's explain a little bit. You guys are so excited. Well, uh, we know. Let's you know. You're, you're to like, the show. Let's they touch know. it. Yeah. Why don't but you touch it? We for like the uninitiated. The right. So I have a Pop-O-Matic here, a, a Ninja Turtles game that Andy brought. Andy, don't put your hat on it. Please. <laughs> Uh, so my put belly a bird on it. If it's a six-sided die in the bubble, if it's a one or a two, it's going to be news you don't give a shit about. If it's three or four, it's going to be weak and geek news piece. And if it is a five or a six, it will be a red light, green light. So, gentlemen, someone give me a Wait, pop. How are we going to do red light, green light with only two of us? Two of you? Three of us. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Who does Jeff not counting? That's a big Jeff? fuck you to Andy, yeah. Jeff. Wait, wow. No. So you That's people a big fuck know, you to Kirsten. It's 930 at night here, <laughs> yeah. but I've been up since what would be the equivalent of 7 a.m. this morning, our time. <laughs> he really Not to mention you. on a flight. <laughs> One of you is a ghost. Wow. Um, who's the ghost? <laughs> it's I a am, ghost. I'm afraid of no Just ghost. Just call me the Wichita lineman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
And it is four. a four. That is a week in geek. Yay. Geek. I sense a fix. Week in geek. Marvel fans have been hoping to one day see a standalone Hulk movie, but that can't really happen because of the rights issues that Marvel has with Universal Pictures. Yes. Uh, that's okay, though. Because Marvel has planned a three-film story arc for Hulk, and it all starts with Thor Ragnarok. Yes, it does. After that, the next two chapters of his three-arc story will be told in Avengers Affinity War and Avengers 4. Three arcs? That's a lot of arc. Mm, right? The news comes from Mark Ruffalo himself during it's an interview one arc. with Just three stories. With Cinema Blend, with that's uh, that the now I can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> It comes from Mark Ruffalo himself during an interview with Cinema Blend that the Hulk will get his own trilogy built into these stories. He explains. So basically, Kevin Feige. How, how do we say what he's on there? Feige. I think it's Feige. 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 Yes. Feige. 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 You know, it's funny because I just when I when I was in Anaheim. Uh, oh boy, Professor here we go. Biggs said what it was, and I can't remember. Right? I've been told quite a few times now, no, it's pronounced this, and of course, I've probably been told many different well, ways. Uh, he cited there was a video interview with him where he said his own name, yeah, I, I, sure. and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I, it is Feige. I, it's, it's, it's throat I, war bar man. Now you've got me questioning it. I don't know anything. All right, so, uh, no. quote, so basically, Kevin Fogel pulled me aside before this and said, quote, if you were going to do a if we were going to do a standalone Hulk movie, what would it be? And I said, I think it should be this, 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 and this, and this, and it ends up like this. And he's like, I love that. Why don't we do that in the next three movies, starting with Thor, and then we go into Avengers 3 and 4. And I was like, that sounds great. So we are beginning that arc, unquote. Uh, Thor Ragnarok will be the so first time that we've seen the Hulk since Avengers Age of Ultron. Ruffalo goes on to hint at where the story for Hulk is going, and the hint comes in the fact that Hulk is starting to speak. Quote, Hulk speaking is the start to separating of these two individuals, these identities and this split identity person, and where is that going to end up going? So it was really interesting to me. He's like a baby. He's like a five-year-old or six-year-old. He has the same syntax. He has the same worldview, and so it was fun. It was like Chris Hemsworth, we all got to reinvent our characters in this, unquote. So they can't make a Hulk movie because of Universal? Much in the same ways they can't do a Fantastic Four on that, but there's a a conjoined contract with Universal. Okay. So yeah, they, they can't do an incredible Hulk movie. As long as he's part of either an Avengers or a movie with one of the Avengers, Marvel Studios can do it on their own. But if it's a solo Hulk film, like, for instance, the one with uh, Ed... Uh, Norton. Norton. Was a joint production no. between Marvel Studios and Universal. No, it's, yeah. it's kind of like the Spider-Man pictures. But where that was Spider-Man was able to use the Avengers, and they did a combined Spider-Man Homecoming. But Marvel cannot do a Spider-Man movie on its own without Sony. So I assume that means Universal gets a piece of these movies. I don't know. I haven't read the contract. Okay. But I know they can't do a solo Hulk film. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So that is the news. You're going to get a. Three-part Hulk story across hidden, Mar hidden in other movies. Sure, yeah, I'm for it. Tucked Why in, not? yeah, nice. Get tucked. And the whole Hulk talking thing, yeah, that was in one of the last few trailers that came out. So, all right, here goes. All right, popping again. And the number like is five. five, five, this mini. All right, so that brings us to red light, green light, gentlemen. So your pitch that you are going to decide whether is good enough for you, executives. 
The Paramount Network is teaming up with Kyle Killen to develop a TV series based on Image Comics spy thriller Velvet to help get the relaunched network off the ground. Note I said the Paramount Network. Yeah, it was like the, the what now? Yeah, I'll get into that in just a second. The who? Uh, Killen will write the script and executive produce the series based on co-creators Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting's comic book series. Brubaker and Epting, the dynamic duo behind Captain America the Winter Soldier, the comic, not the movie, will produce, produce the project. Uh, set during the Cold War, the 15-issue comic book series, which ran from October 2013 to July 2016, followed the former female spy Velvet Templeton now secretary to the director of British intelligence agency ARC-7, who returns to the field for the first time in two decades when the world's best secret agent and her boyfriend, Agent X-14, is killed. Velvet will be the first original scripted series from Paramount Television for the Paramount Network, which is rebranding from Spike TV on January 18th, 2018. Huh. Rebranding from Spike to Paramount? Spike will become the Paramount Network. That's bizarre. Now, yeah. keep in mind, the last thing that uh, Spike did was uh, Stephen King's The Mist, which officially has been can- canceled now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Spike was and supposed to become like Esquire TV like a few years ago. Right. But like at the 11th hour, something happened and they kept it as Spike TV. And now, the Spike s- was essentially the man show, right? I mean, that was essentially the, the for a good while the it was sling considered, and dick show. Yeah, the, the Spike TV was the men's channel. Her. It was the Nashville Network. <laughs> was it the Nashville Network oh, originally? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. CBS Paramount bought TNN, rebranded it the new TNN, started showing a bunch of reruns of Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation, DS9, Voyager, and they thought you know the new TNN wasn't working, so they rebranded it Spike TV. Then they started adding in all of these "quote unquote" manly shows, and it started. It started uh, kind of getting the nickname as this. Didn't they have the man show on there? Right with with Corolla and um, and I think so, but I'm not positive because I thought it might have been on Comedy Central. Okay, or something like that. I I would have to look that up to be honest. But uh, this is embarrassing. He's a Vegas guy. What the fuck? Why can't I come up with the name? Adam Corolla. Adam Corolla and his partner. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Thank you. Yeah, you made me had to think for a second, uh, and I'm wow. like half asleep right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Both of so us. So, kind of the big news in that is that Paramount Network is actually happening. Well, especially since like UPN got merged with the WB and became the CW, right? And they still have sort of joint partnership in that, even though the majority of the programs are now Warner produced. All right. Television comedies and dramas. So yeah, I, I the ever flowing cable news channel so as ether. As far as the actual question goes, greenlight because it's really hard to fuck up anything Brubaker's had his hand in. Okay, Velvet, greenlight from yeah. Andy. Yeah, it was on Man Show was on Comedy Central. So I oh, was okay. Right. Uh, sure, I'll greenlight it. It sounds interesting. I'm not familiar with the comic, but it has kind of an interesting premise. So sure, I'll why not greenlight? All um, right. The, the spy show Velvet gets Woo-hoo. the green. Gentlemen, pop me a bubble. All right, hand me the thingy. Pop-o-matic bubble. And six. six that goes for another red light, green light. Yes. Gentlemen, here is your pitch. Created by Baran Bo Odar and Jante Fries. You made those up. Who won a couple of awards for their 2014 film, Who Am I? Dark. 
is a supernatural drama that is Netflix's first full German venture. It was created, produced, and filmed in Germany. The 10-episode series is set in a small German town where two children have vanished. Dark will boast a supernatural element in that the kids' disappearance will tie back to something that happened in 1986 and 1953. The official logline for the teaser reads, The disappearance of the two kids in the German small town of Winden opens abysses that turn the concept of time on its head. The question is not who has kidnapped the children, but when, unquote. Having premiered at the 2017 Toronto International Film Festival, Dark will arrive on Netflix on December 1st. So this is coming fast. It's shades of Stranger Things there. I'm sure that's probably an influence. Or at least a reason why they have... Reason why I got greenlighted. Yeah. And that's a good point as any to point out that we can't stop these goddamn things. No matter not, how not, bad they are, how not stupid the idea is. Not without serious illegal intervention. Yes, they, they are happening. I'm a red on this one. Yeah, I I just think it's I know it's the way Hollywood works, and you know I should say now the international media conglomerates work. But it's like as soon as somebody has a hit with something supernatural, suddenly they all are trying to you know, or I should say you know whatever the popular genre is at that time. You know, it's like when the vampire movies came out, and we had hundreds of vampire movies, and then the zombie trend happened and we had thousands of zombie movies and TV shows and blah 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 blah. All right. Well, um I don't know. I just it to me doesn't sound that interesting, so I'm a red light. Well it's bleak and shock and claw hein and shimmer hein shipadon paskin honha shipadon avidon reacting. That's from Andy's that's from Andy's poem Shibadon. <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah, I'm curious. I mean, and, and it hasn't it, it hasn't the saturation point for me. So yeah, I'll greenlight it. <laughs> Kirsten, <laughs> did did uh, um, I'm sorry? I actually <laughs> developed a massive headache uh, a couple minutes from my ago. fake German. No, <laughs> so anybody. So I actually I I kind of I kind of zoned. Did I hear something about kids? Yes. Yes. Grew red light. Red light. Red light. It's like red animals. Red light. <laughs> the whole time do, Andy's doing do that. The like, West German Television presents Sprockets. It's now it's it's the ki- it's the kids that are stolen. I didn't see anything about kids investigating. So the kids are kids are kidnapped. They're gonna show up, Todd. They will show up. Sure, just like what's her name and how come, things. How come when somebody is abducted as an adult, they're still called kidnapped? Good question. I. I'm I'm stunned. I have no idea that's answering this question. <laughs> deep thoughts. By Jeff. I don't know if it's a deep thought, by but I'm certainly stunned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somebody pop a bubble. It's his my turn, isn't it? Five. five. We are playing the red light, green light game, guys. Ugh. And we haven't had any news we don't give a shit about yet. Yeah, you like that? I know. Don't worry, I'll pop it. Yeah. <laughs> you are Andy. <laughs> All right, guys, red light, green light. Okay. Netflix has announced it's joining forces with Michael B. Jordan, who will appear in and executive produce Raising Dion, a 10-episode drama for the streaming service about a widowed African-American mother who learns her young son is secretly a superhero. The series was hatched by commercial and music video director Dennis Liu based on a comic book and short film he released in 2015 that went viral. 
The story follows a single mom, Nicole Reese, who must hide her young young son's superpower-like abilities to protect him from being exploited while probing their origins and the death of her late husband, Mark, with Mark's best friend, Pat. Jordan boarded the drama in 2017, will executive produce through Outlier Society Productions banner Carl Barbie, whose credits include TV's Unreal and Judging Amy, wrote the pilot and will serve as showrunner, and Lou will direct the first episode. Green light. Yeah, green light. That sounds that sounds fun. Yeah. Make it simple. Green light. Yeah, yeah sure. it's it's kind of a kind of It's kind of a Smallville, but uh oh, I, I was looking at Aunt May. It's Aunt May's oh, story. Oh, yeah. Or Gifted, which just recently came out. I still haven't watched that. I've got both no, it's episodes brand new. It on just the came DVR. out this last week. Well, no, but I mean there's mm. two episodes already on the DVR ah. just while I've been gone. Yeah. I need to Oh yeah, up. another geeky thing I did go watch oh, Discovery and the Orville. Okay. How yeah. many episodes of Discovery? Just the first? Uh, the first two. Oh, okay. I'm okay with it. I have not watched the second or third. Whatever. One. Actually, there's, what, four episodes out now? I think so. And Orville's fun, so so there. I'll, I'll wait till they hit their, their ninth episode for the season break and and binge it. Yeah, just to throw in, I, showing the, the new stuff, uh, I watched Ghosted. Oh, how was the, that? The first yeah. episode? Okay, I take it back. The first half of the first episode? I was going to say, I was kind of a meh on that one. I, I shut it down real fast. Did I'm you? like, wow. I'm like, okay, this is just obviously not going to work for me. Wow. Because I like Craig Robinson. So do I. And Adam Scott is really difficult for me. Sometimes I like him, and sometimes he's just really annoying. I usually and like him. And he was really annoying in this one. And it wasn't their interactions that I would bother me so much i thought they had a decent chemistry it was a really blah script it was a blah script but i didn't like the other characters around them reacting to them what other characters like everybody was like a carbon copy general you know here's the you know generic head of the agency here's the genetic tech expert here's the genetic or the the, (laughs) genetic generic uh cop uh carbon copy uh you know, medical specialist. and To me, it was a poorly written, very generic yes. men in black without any fun. Yes. That's what I agree with you. Okay. That's wow. A, let's, uh, let's pop a Maddox. Okay, here we go. One or two. Six. Six. Yes. Wow. It continues, guys. Red light, green light. The right stuff is being developed for the National Geographic Channel in the form of a scripted series. The Right Stuff began as an investigative novel written by Tom Wolfe about the fighter pilots who tested the early rockets that became the basis for the American space program. Written in 1979, the book was turned into a Best Picture-nominated feature film in 1983, directed by Philip Kaufman and starring Sam Shepard, Ed Harris, and Dennis Quaid. After the success of Before the Flood, a climate documentary produced by Leonardo DiCaprio and partner Jennifer Davison Appian Way Productions, the production company and National Geographic have started to focus on scripted projects, and the right stuff will be the first one. Uh, Courtney Monroe, CEO of National Geographic, says, With the right stuff, we're looking at a moment in time where the everyday life, the trials and tribulations of these men was scrutinized in the public. The story gives a peek into the minds and goals of these astronauts seeking exploration and adventure during the space race of the 50s, making it the perfect story for National Geographic to tell. Is it a multi-part? Yes. Okay. That's that's where I didn't catch. This is one of those... The right stuff is one of those 
uh, stories that I absolutely love both the book and the movie. I, I think they're both, you know, amazing works of art it's a hell uh, of a movie. based on, on historical figures. And I remember seeing the movie first with my dad and then later on reading the book and going, there's so much more in the book that could have made it into the film that this could have a multi-part series. So I'm I'm all behind this. I think that would be great having a multi-part series that could fill in some of the stuff that didn't make it into the big screen adaptation. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a definite green light on this one. Yeah, I, I thought I said green. I didn't hear you. I was, oh, yeah. I was um, jabbering. Because he was talking. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Uh, I heard great things about the book, and uh, just to see that expanded on, um, you know, they're they're up against some tough competition. Oh yeah, that that cast. movie, yeah, that that was just absolutely one of the best cast movies. Every one of those actors in that movie just is amazing. Yeah, I mean, just phenomenal. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, green light. Although it's probably not one I'll watch myself, but I'm I think it will sell. Spoken like a true executive. Ah, exactly. Are you not a fan of the space? Uh, I, I'm fine with it. It's just, it's not a particular huge area of interest. Oh. Yeah. I hope you're listening. I would, I would think it is up for sale. Giving your your fascination with history there. Yeah, to some extent. I mean, just it's not, your, not, not, not your not your your area of history expertise. Yeah. yeah. All right. He likes the history of things that happen in the desert. That things he can put plaques on. Or, or New England. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, kidnapping. Oh. Uh, the the kid coach comes from kid bar, which became slang for children from the goat. Because uh, I'm losing it. Okay, uh, <laughs> a, a baby goat is a kid. The etymology of kidnapping, ah. thefting, th- thefting, napping, stealing goats. Uh, napping stealing is not from the goats. word nap that we use for sleeping, but well, yeah. a derivation of nabbing, nabbing, yes. nabbing. Well, that um, makes more and sense. it was actually a word that probably was derived from the people committing the crime because the words were used by the low lives at the time so it's a word a word the criminals coined for the act themselves and it originally referred to mostly people being kidnapped uh children being kidnapped and brought to america to serve as servants and being children being kidnapped from europe to be uh, or mostly england or ireland uh to be brought over to america as servants oh wow as one of my ancestors was that's one of oh, my really? one of my Irish wines is uh, is a uh, we don't know the surname because the kid was too young to remember what his surname was when he was grabbed. Huh? Yeah. Damn. <clears throat> my my uh, Irish ancestor was a uh, stowaway on a ship from Ireland to the U.S. by his own choice. Yeah, he was not kidnapped. Mine, mine were forced. <laughs> he was self kidnapped. <laughs> he was no. I, I've got I've got some I've got some Mayflower people too. Self goat stolen. Yes. <laughs> Steal that goat. Give me the thing. <laughs> All right, here we go. Five. Wow. Five is alive. Well, you've been wanting to get green through that green, red light, green light. I have more red light, green light than anything, so this works fine for me. Perfect. <laughs> all red light, green light, all the time. And this is interesting, given what the last one was. All Ooh. right. In his first regular TV role, Sean Penn has booked the male lead in a new show for Hulu who's riding high since the Emmy success of Handmaid's Tale, called The First. The sci-fi series will explore the first human mission to Mars and the attempts to settle the Red Planet. The show is created and written by Bo William, uh, Williamon, 
who created House of Cards for Netflix, the competing streaming service's first original series. Penn's reportedly playing a character named Tom Haggerty, who is believed to be a former NASA astronaut. According to Deadline, the first follows the first human mission to Mars, exploring the challenges of taking the first steps toward interplanetary colonization. The story focuses not only on the astronauts, but also on their families and loved ones, as well as the ground team on Earth, unquote. The first is scheduled to go into production by the end of the year and scheduled to debut on Hulu and Channel 4 in England in 2018. Gentlemen, the first starring Sean Penn. A very weak green. Oh, wow. Green light. A weak green. Yeah, green light. Wow! Did not did not grab the attention. Sort of That's a like the last one. green. Yeah. yeah, it was like Matt green. Yeah, mm-hmm. default green. Fine. And all I right. guess that's all of that. Pop it. Wait, wait, hang on. Let me get this thing going. <laughs> I give the monkeys a preview yet. Uh oh. Four. Four. Weekend geek. Four. I should have yelled two. The Steven Spielberg produced Amazing Stories is back on track for a reboot. Yay! Brian Fuller was hired as showrunner a while back. Yay! Now it is part of a content deal that Apple has signed with Spielberg's production company. Boo! As the computer and iPhone (laughs) manufacturer makes an aggressive move to develop original content for its Apple TV service. The original series took its name from the world's first dedicated science fiction magazine, which itself launched in 1926 and ran in one form or another for nearly 80 years. The show premiered in September 1985 and ran for two seasons, gathering 12 Emmy nominations and winning five, including one for John Lithgow's performance in the episode The Doll. The list of directors that Spielberg corralled for that original show was incredible. In addition to helming two episodes himself, Spielberg also recruited Martin Scorsese, Clint Eastwood, Joe Dante, Robert Zemeckis, Mick Garris, Burt Reynolds, Toby Hooper, Brad Bird, and more to direct at least one segment each. Brad Bird? Yeah. Yeah. But the ratings were lackluster, and the show was canceled after its initial two-season order in NBC. But now it looks like Apple will revive the show with Fuller and a staff of writers already assembling scripts. Apple TV's Mm. bringing back amazing stories. I, I I remember reading that earlier today and being, like, excited and then saw that it was Apple TV, and I was like, ugh. I, my initial reaction was, yay, somewhere out there, somebody is listening to what I have to say. Because <laughs> we talked about on this show, it's ripe for a reboot. And sadly, it has to be on goddamn Apple TV. So you're glappy. Uh, yeah, you could say I'm glappy. <laughs> so red light, green light. Gentlemen, what you got? Well, this is four. That was... that was. Oh, that was... Oh, shit. I'm, I'm completely gone. Wow. That's just because we did so many of them in a row. We're spared. So I I guess it's assumed green light. Sure. Uh, Apple TV, that's that's like you have to have that box, right? Yeah. It's it's their own proprietary little box that's supposed to compete with... Then I'll say uh, it anyway. Red light. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's competing with... uh, uh, Roku? Well, Roku, yeah, sort of, but uh, more... uh, it's, Apple, like, uh, it's like Google TV, but it's Amazon uh, Fire Stick. Yes, thank you. Okay, Amazon wow. Fire Stick. Holy mackerel! Get that right. Yeah. Uh, what the hell happened there? I don't know. My brain just took a left turn when I needed to go right. I channeled Jeff. It was weird. Ooh. So 
I guess I feel like this about the same I feel about Star Trek. It'll I'll I'll watch it when it comes out and gets released on a uh, yeah a physical media physical media I can watch. Can actually watch. Fingers yeah. crossed it'll actually come out on physical media. Right. And since so, this is an Apple thing, it'll probably only be available as yeah, a download. You're probably right because there, there's a lot of stuff out there that hasn't made to physical media in the streaming world. Mm-hmm. And won't make it destroyed. Hell, I'm still media. waiting on the second season of Ash, Ash vs. Evil Dead. You're waiting for the second season of Ash? <sighs> I can find mm. that for you. <laughs> Pop it. It should be out any minute. Is it me or you? It's you. Yes, one. one. New ah! give us out. Is that what you call a self-fulfilling prophecy there, Curry? <laughs> Kirsten? Magic. I call it magic. We all call it magic. You could have anything your heart desires. I love this story. I really do when it comes down God to it. God damn it. News you don't give a shit about. Burger King Russia. Okay. Has filed a complaint with Russia's federal anti-monopoly service over the movie It. Oh. I love it. You Bur- love what? Stop it. <laughs> Burger <laughs> King Russia claims... That Pennywise from It looks too similar to McDonald's Ronald McDonald mascot. Say what? They claim that because of the similarities, it equals free advertising for McDonald's. The FAS is currently reviewing the claim, but the film, which has earned $14 million in that country, is still playing in at least 100 theaters. For now, we'll have to wait and see what the FAS does. Either way, it uh, won't hurt to... It's box office take. The film has grossed $268 million domestically, $480 million worldwide, and now the highest grossing horror film of all time. So, yeah, Burger King says Pennywise what? is too Ronald like. Down What's here, the highest grossing all... film of all time? You're, you're not going to rope me in. <laughs> down here, we're all fat. <laughs> <laughs> we all fat down here. <laughs> we, we all float on the surface. <laughs> Uh, that's, I mean, that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is. They don't even mm. look remotely alike. <laughs> well, they're clowns. That, that yeah. would be like saying that all clowns look alike. What? Oh, oh don't oh, do that, shit. man. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Now the clowns are on me after us. Yeah, just because you have red hair, no, man. No, I Come said on. that's like if Russians were saying that. Not sure, me. Not sure. me personally. Yeah, no, oh, no, sure. No, no, no. Yeah. Vodka didn't text you. They think there might be something subversive. Subversive to this, that like maybe we can attach Pennywise to McDonald's, and McDonald's have to deal with their clown being evil. Push the bubble, Andy. What? Like Ronald is? not All right, here we go. Is nobody gonna mic this thing? Come on, little <laughs> love here, boy. Six, yes. Red light, green light. Ooh, I, I wonder if you'll get past the first uh, sentence. Stephanie Meyer. Ah! Red light. <laughs> Red light. <laughs> Young adult author of Twilight. We know who she is. And that all do. And I appreciate those who don't. Will executive produce The Rook, a new paranormal TV series for Lionsgate and Stars, adapted from the 2012 supernatural spy thriller of the same name by Australian author Daniel O'Malley. Meyer will share producing duties with showrunner Stephen Garrett from The Night Manager. Here's the official description. Based on the urban fantasy novel by Daniel O'Malley, O'Malley, Rook will follow a young woman who wakes up in a London park suffering amnesia and surrounded by bodies, all wearing latex gloves. 
as she attempts to uncover her past and her role as head of Britain's Supernatural Secret Service. She discovers she has peculiar abilities, all while being pursued by paranormal adversaries. Stars is hoping to premiere the Brook sometime next year. No director or casting choices have yet been revealed. Gentlemen, how do you feel about Stephanie Meyer's The Rook? Sure, green light. I don't. Putting aside who who's writing it, it sounds kind of interesting. Even though it's supernatural based. Now say say what what attracted you to the Rook as a green light versus the German supernatural story? I don't know. Maybe the spy thriller. Okay, maybe that was element. the thing that up, upped it for Maybe you. that's what pushed me. Okay. All right, so green More light from Jeff. I'm staying with red. Yeah? I, I'm going to give it green, even despite despite Stephanie's uh, marriage attack to it. Well, it's really not her project. Yeah, her, she's just producing. story, it's, yeah. Right. Um, even though I haven't watched them all, I'm kind of a sucker for those shows that start off with a mystery like that and you have to work around. Like the the tattoo thing, I never watched that, but it looked really intriguing to me. But I guess because it was the thing I couldn't watch. Did anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the yeah. lady that wakes up doesn't know what her tattoos yes, are. Yeah. yeah, but that was like on HBO or something, so I couldn't see it. That was on NBC. Oh, was that NBC? <laughs> I, I still couldn't see it because <laughs> yeah. of the yeah, way. It's, uh, I just <laughs> because saw the because why? Because if you don't have cable, you don't get network channels because they don't come through snowy. They come through choppy and broken up if you don't have the channel in. Kirsten seems to be able to get by with the over the Kirsten air. Kirsten lives underneath the friggin' antennas. Oh, All okay, the antennas so, are so your, your antenna can't get in ABC, right. NBC. Yes. All right. Sure, listen to him humble brag about his antenna. Ladies love my antenna. Both of them. All right, so two green lights and a red. Both ladies or both antennas? Yeah, blind spot <laughs> on NBC <laughs> is the one you're thinking of, Andy. Blind spot. Okay. No. All right. So I'm Tis impressed. It's my turn then. Wow. Two. two. News you don't give a shit about. You bastard. Number two on your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> right? It all becomes sick nursery rhymes. <laughs> no, that was that was a George Carlin line. Uh-huh. He's number one with you, but number two on your shoe. Mm. Talking about his dog. Marvel Comics canceled a planned Saturday announcement at New York Comic Con involving a partnership with defense contractor Northrop Grumman. Yeah, I saw that. After a public outcry over the event. I think it's Grumman, but okay. Yeah, I think you're right. The event was set to be held at Marvel's New York Comic Con booth, and while it's not clear just how much the two companies would be intertwined, it was definitely set to feature a Marvel custom edition comic book. The book would have featured the Avengers teaming up with the Northrop Grumman, 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 Northrop, Northrop Grumman, Northrop Grumman Elite Nexus. It's, or, pronounced, it's pronounced Chimera, but go on. Or Engen. The book is the recruitment tool for the company. As io9 reports, the book has been removed from Marvel's website. Quote, the activation with Northrop Grumman at... Uh, really? <laughs> at New- I think it's Northrop. Northrop Grumman. Northrop Gr- Grumman? Grump- Grumpman? Northrop Bueller? <laughs> Northrop Grumman at New York Comic Con was meant to focus... <laughs> was meant to focus on uh, aerospace technology and exploration in a positive way. However, as the spirit of that intent has not come across, 
we will not be proceeding with this partnership, including this weekend's event programming. Marvel and Northrop Grumman, huh? Yes, Northrop. Northrop. <laughs> continue to be <laughs> Northrop Grumman committed to elevating and introducing STEM to a broad audience, according to IGN. Chief Executive Officer Joe Casada said during the Marvel Legacy panel, "STEM is in science, technology, technology. Yeah. Yeah. engineering, math. Yes, engineering, arts, and math. Which, as my dad points out, that only fucks the history teachers. No, well, they they don't yeah. actually highlight the arts. The last yeah. few times I've seen it written, it's science, technology, engineering. And every and math, time and I've dropped seen out it. the art. Yeah, it, it, it's, I've never heard art in this because otherwise it's steam, right? Which <laughs> they're talking about how they want to get girls more interested in steam." Give me steam. I Which swear I think, to God, there is actually a movement to call it. Really well, I'm sure there's a movement, but those are probably jerks trying to come. No, Lewis's, the kids, Lewis, the school Lewis's kids go to was a steam school. Oh, dude, that's a steam school. It's STEM, a steaming pile of. Dude, st- STEM. It, it, oh, fuck. <laughs> Why am I explaining this to a journalist? I know. <laughs> this goes way back. Yeah. This is decades old. Right. But but in the last couple of years, they've started adding arts into it, making it steam. Okay. <laughs> They're doing something to make it uh, steam. Obviously, North, North Rope. Yeah, no- Ro- Grumman doesn't do that. North Rope. Well, <laughs> Grumman. North Rope, Grumman. You fire the rockets North in the right Man, order. Grumman is a pretty. <laughs> doesn't care about the arts. God. Jeez. Never mind. <laughs> Joe Quesada said, I'll be honest with you. I saw it for the first time as you guys. Pronounce Quesada. <laughs> you said it right. I okay, I, said, I thought I did. I mean, it's, it's not like he said quesadilla, <laughs> <laughs> which I have actually heard somebody say that. Who's Joe Quesadilla? And I'm like, really? <laughs> actually, the one I honestly don't know how to pronounce for sure is... Um, uh, um, Feige? No. Uh, <laughs> Sergio Callback. Sergio Argonez, is that correct? Aragones. Aragones. Argonez. Okay. I like his uh, so, sorry, uh, Ar- uh, sorry, Argonez. His, his way sounded more Aragones. Aragones. <laughs> his sounded more pres- his, sounded, his sounded more presidential. Puerto Rico. Todd interviewed him several times. Search years for Argonez. Yes. He was a really nice guy. Yeah, gave I us, know. I've met it him was a quite times. a bit of time. Todd, nice. yeah, I've known him a while. He's yeah, pretty nice. I give, I'll give you a lot of time. Yeah. 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 No, Sergio. <laughs> so what did Quesadilla say? Quesadilla said, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I saw it for the first time as you guys. I think there were some messaging issues. It was really about science and education, unquote. Uh, the announcement comes amid numerous public complaints. The chief concern among opponents was that Marvel seemed to be releasing material urging children to grow up and engage in war profiteering since uh, Northrop Grumman manufactures drones, bombers, and other God military forbid. hardware. Well, it was, God forbid. It was pointed out that, uh, by many, that one of the Marvel's most famous characters, Tony Stark, disavowed his company's defense contract work after he discovered his weapons were ending up in the wrong hands. He still creates weapons and uses them. But Little Orphan is, is out there for somebody to grab. Which so is North funny. So wants to do them. Because I forgot Pepper Potts points that out to him in the very first Iron Man film. I had totally forgot about it. I was watching it the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. She totally calls him out on it. I can kind of understand it because Northrop Grumman used to build civilian and military sure, aircraft. I, I was first su- introduced to them at Space Camp. Yeah. If that's But they are now solely a military contractor. They don't do anything but defense what they call defense systems. 
Okay. So, I yeah. mean, they do missile uh, missile design drones. and in drones. Um, the the B two is theirs. The B th- the next stealth bomber they're working on right now. Once which the rockets go up, looks who like cares sli- where yeah. they come down? That's yeah. not my department. Right. Thank you, Werner von Braun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like Lair, ladies and gentlemen. Lair. If they ever lost any military contracts, that company would be out of business. So I think that's maybe what. The, you know the fans were. It's, it's not a company that promotes peaceful exploration of anything anymore. I guess they do do some work with NASA still, but it's predominantly for the Defense Department. It weirdly reminds me of the the weird flack Marvel got when they did the Pope Paul II comic. I didn't even remember that <laughs> happened. Oh yeah, that happened in the eighties, and and their their, 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 their flack said, "Well, they you know like many of our characters has a cape." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, they've done. Marvel's done a lot of stuff, you know, with the advertising, hostess, and and so on throughout the years. Well, every, the, the hostess stuff was all built into both companies. Uh, right. Dennis the Menace, on the other hand, Dennis the Menace is like all over. Well, like, I wouldn't let him as be a military contractor. But the, there was a bunch of things where they're using Dennis the Menace comics as as crossover stuff with uh, advertising. Hey, Mister Wilson, do you need this warhead? <laughs> I, for some reason, I remember like uh, back in elementary school, some some toothpaste one. I don't know. I, just, I don't even know if that exists, or my brain's just lying to me. Like in sixth grade or something. What yeah. is it? You're thinking some of? some toothpaste. Well, the Crest had a uh, animated characters for a while. Well, for sure, their, the cavity creeps and yeah, all that. Yeah. Sure. Crest, Crest, right. Crest. I don't know. I could be misremembering that. But uh, I don't know. It's, it does seem a little odd. Just a, a little, you know, math and science Avengers with the, these heroes we invented from Northrop Grumman. To well, the corporate thing is, you know, I, I don't get outraged at stuff like that anymore. I don't know. Um, and I, the military thing is like, guys, it's comic book superheroes are just one step away from what we're talking about here i don't know it just kind of kind of whatever <laughs> red light i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess if that's all to say to that put down your phones and pop something gentlemen oh, oh, oh that's what <laughs> she I'm, I'm said. Wait, that comment. was me that popped that so that's cursed <laughs> all right my that's turn him. come on one or two four, four. weekend geek philip pullman's his dark materials Pull my what now? <laughs> Your Dark Materials. Pull them. Is getting another series. But it's neither a prequel nor a sequel. The series will be, quote, an equal, unquote. Hey, who? According to the BBC, it's a different story which begins roughly 10 years before his Dark Materials and ends roughly 10 years after, unquote. Pullman's His Dark Materials, published between 1995 and 2000, is an unsentimental look at a young girl, Lyra... Lyra, Lyra <laughs> Bellacqua, <laughs> Lyra Bellacqua, sure, who has to save herself and other children from the machinations of adults. But it's not easy story to describe. But here goes. Lyra possesses an athelometer, which gives her the ability. An athelometer? Athelometer. Athelometer. Which tells her uh, sorry. how. Which tells her how much trouble Desdemona's getting in. <laughs> 
Shakespeare. Just <laughs> helps you put out the light. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I figured it out. A lethiometer. Well, that's, that's, that's the other way around it completely. <laughs> that's a quesadilla. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on here. Lyra possesses an alethiometer, which gives her the ability to read the past, present, and future. Others want the alethiometer for themselves. The church wants to kill her to prevent her from becoming the new Eve. Plus, there are alternate worlds and particle physics. Uh, oh, yeah, and a substance called dust in the physical embodiment of original sin. Uh, the new series entitled The Book of Dust will reconnect us with Lyra from the time she is born until the time she is 20. A minor character from the original trilogy will be turned into a major one, but Pullman doesn't say who. Uh, the first novel in the series, The Golden Compass, was translated into a film of sorts of 27, 20, 2007. Two sequels based on the second and third novels, The Amber Spyglass and The Subtle Knife, were canceled before the filming began. The first novel in the Book of Dust will be released on October 19th. So that's coming real fast. Oh, okay. This is starting to come together. Now, is this sort of like a weird objectivist? Not objectivist. It's, it's, it's very against religion. It's a okay. very uh, pro-atheist okay. stance book. I remember yeah, that although much. it's... If I recall right, it's less God doesn't exist and more that God is like fucking insane. Yeah. And so the magisterium is covering it up right. or something. Interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 this book's pretty popular with atheists when it comes okay. down to it. Mm. Uh, I, I gave an attempt at reading it once. Uh, kind of fell out of it pretty quick. Never went back. Mm. But I know it has its, uh, its followers. So, and it's the books themselves heralded highly. That I couldn't speak to it one way or the other. Heralded? Heralded. Heralded. Highly. I'll fucking alliterate like, on like if by I want. Angels? What is he the showrunner of? Harold Highly? Yeah. Well, I I think he's... Harold Highly, showrunner here. Come on in, fellas. <laughs> Off a goddamn thing. All right. <laughs> Andy's doing character work yes. now. Yes. You did the go. last one, right, Andy? I did. Okay. Mike, get up, Andy. Wake up. Sorry, right, Andy. Five. Five. Red light, green light. This one's interesting, and okay. I don't know much about the subject, it's but true. I've seen it a lot in comic book shops, and I've never read it. Okay. All right. When a mommy and a daddy love each other very oh, much. Okay. <laughs> that happens in comic <laughs> book shops? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not the ones I went to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Usually it's a daddy, a daddy, a daddy. Guys are going to the wrong shops. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to the wrong shops, Andy. <laughs> My dad and I were watching Night Court this, this morning. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> the same kind of thing happens like what <laughs> Mac, Mac's wife is pregnant he goes how did this happen and then Bull comes over and he starts whispering something in his ear and he's making hand gestures and then Mac just looks at me and goes believe it or not that made me think of that because you just said what a mommy in it I'm actually quoting my God. brother who uh, used to change his appearance a lot and he would just, you know, he he, <laughs> he would just, he would just, you know, he'd he'd, he'd get a mohawk or he'd dye his hair. Oh, he okay, was, okay. He was an art school student. Okay. And I was working at art school, art uh, supply store, and I turned around one time and was about to say, "Can I help you, sir?" And then realized it was him. And in that moment, I said, instead of saying either of those, I said. Where the hell did you come from? And he calmly said, when a mommy and daddy love each other very much. It's like, I was always impressed that he had that chambered without knowing what the hell I was going to say. Yeah. It just came out. Oh, night court. Red light, green light. 
Segway, segway. Show is funny. Segway, segway, Kirsten. You know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna be ashamed that I thought I, I no, like that Night show. Court has uh, I, it's not, I'm it, laughing that now I have to officially put Night Court as one of the subjects we talked about. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's also it, Jeff. It was just funny because it was very tangential, <laughs> and you, you just laughing uncontrollably trying to tell the episode yeah. synopsis was just just awesome and great it was, that was very picture, awesomely jeff one of my favorite i night. was picturing bull doing the whispering yeah. and the yeah. hand we gestures. got that part we got that part <laughs> we know why one, one of my favorite night court ones was oh, Jesus. was was harry going are there any more questions and a bum pops up and goes which ways more the great pyramid of cheops or the chrysler building the chrysler building can we move on now yeah. Actually, one of my favorite ah, is good. Oh, when somebody asks Harry, why is the sky blue? And he goes, because if it was green, we wouldn't know where to stop mowing. That's a good point. And I actually use that. So. <laughs> I I love my, my favorite night court moment oh, enough, Todd. was when, <laughs> was when uh, Bull was haunting William Cat back from his Vietnam days in the house that William Cat just bought. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, long and, and, and made no, the, and that, made the swordfish come that, alive. That, that, that's house. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's not night court. I was no, house say, is the one with the doctor. You can't fool me. He's oh. right. I was gonna say anytime uh, Brent oh. Spiner was on there because that was oh. those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the cattle done died. It's all right. It's all right, Judge. Red light, green light. Red light, green light. <laughs> American flag! Exclamation point. The Howard Jakin book? The weirdly prescient 1980s comic book from Howard Jakin yes. has just been optioned by Luke Besson's Europa Corp to develop the book for television. Luke Besson? Sure. The set of- <laughs> this is the guy from uh, Fifth Element? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Leon the Professional? The man who made uh, Nat- Natalie Portman? Okay. Yeah, that guy. Uh, I- I'm sorry. Natalie Portman? Portman? <laughs> <laughs> Set in the year 2031, American Flag takes place in a world in crisis. After a number of worldwide disasters, the American government, as well as the heads of major corporations, have fled Earth to settle on Mars, and Russia has collapsed, leaving the Brazilian Union of the Americas and Pan-African Legion as the new world superpowers. The Plex, an interplanetary union of governments and corporations, runs the United States from Mars, but it is all part of a secret plot to sell off the assets of the United States to the other world powers. Ruben Flagg is a former television star who is na- uh, naively recruited by the Tricentennial Recovery Committee. Committee? He soon discovers the ongoing corruption and fascism going on in the Plex, and he uses his powers to set things right. The project's currently out to writers and directors with Chaikin aboard to executive produce. Hmm. American flag, two G's, one exclamation point. Man. Um, hmm. A very hopeful green light, but man, this is going to be hard to pull off. Yeah. yeah. This is a veteran level. This is, this is, this was a complicated comic to read. Uh, it's, it won't be a complicated it's set out of time. Well, no, it's Passant. It's Passant who's already tried to com- uh, make him complicated. So. Oh, Besson? Yeah. Besson, yeah. Whatever he is. The French guy. Um, True. Yeah. It, it, it will be easy to screw it up and very, very, very hard to pull it off right. But if somebody can pull it off, it's him. All right. There so a very hopeful green light. I, I just, okay. Just, I want it to work. 
I don't think it's going to work, but I want it to work. All right. Green light. All right. I don't know enough about the material, but since these two greenlit it and Andy seems very hopeful, uh, I'll, I'll greenlight it. Spoken like a true executive. Hopeful is not the right word. It's cautiously <laughs> hopeful. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. Very, very cautiously hopeful. Cautiously optimistic. Man, we have time at least for one more pop, so who wants to pop it pop? Mm. Yeah. I think that's uh, you, Kay. That would be you. It's my... Come on, one or two, one or two, one or two. Yeah! Pop two! News you don't give a shit about! Damn you. KFC's Colonel Sanders... Sure. ...is getting added to WWE 2K18. What? Oh, God. Players will be able to access the Colonel through the game's Create a Superstar mode, and will hopefully then be able to cut promos about fried chicken. Uh, seems super random for a collaboration like this to happen, but those who have been following wrestling for the last year and a half are almost completely unsurprised by this news. The most recent appearance of the Colonel was at last Sunday's pay-per-view in which WWE legend and former Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle put on the suit for a short match to promote KFC products. Good Lord. One would think wrestling fans would get furious at this bit of tomfoolery in their spo- sports. Spoints. 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 The sound of Andy ejaculating. Spoints. Spoints. I'm sorry. Not not spoints. 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 Turn your head. Turn your head. Close your eyes. Spoints. I was going to say, that's the name of the uh, Huey Lewis in the News album, right? (laughs) You don't want to get that in your eyes. Spoints. In there, Spoints Entertainment. But the ads seem to be universally loved by the WWE universe. Hey, who doesn't love a little spoits? You know, if KFC would put half the money it's putting into all of these goddamn ads, the food to the food, it might actually be worth going to KFC. Oh, anymore. burn! How can you fry the chicken more? <laughs> I'm talking like wow. the overall quality wow. of the food has been plummeting That's for years. A burn! Oh! Hey. You know they had the. Uh, it's an oil burn. They had a picture of the colonel <laughs> on a big plot of land up by the little alien and okay. Rachel. It was there for about a year. But you could see it from Google. You went to Google Maps. You could see the colonel <laughs> next to Rachel. We almost went up to go see it, but we found out that it had only been up there for about a year. They painted it right on the ground. Oh, really? So you only, you can, only way you could see it is from, Google, from Google Maps. Google Maps. Google Maps. I, I will say this. They've been pretty creative yes. at KFC from writing romance novels. Well, that's because they're putting so much fucking money in it, yeah. right, Jeff? Right. <laughs> well, all these popular comedians playing the colonel and all these Yeah, that's actually a funny yeah. that funny thing, that little rotation. It's thing. kitschy. I mean, I'm a Popeye's man myself, but me you too. Know. And they're throwing them, you know, sleeveless into the in the ring. Ooh. I haven't had KFC in I don't know how long. Well, the yeah, commercials forever. obviously aren't working. Yeah. Well, no, it's just, you know. I'm, I'm, you don't rush away. Andy's I, not a I, sheeple. I eat poorly enough as it is. I know fried chicken is not a thing I should be eating. <laughs> okay. Mm. I mean, okay, we got time for one more. All right. Oh, that's me. me, me, me. So and Andy say one or two. One or two. Come on. I started it. Andy's going to Damn it. News two. you yeah! don't give a shit about. Way to Fuck finish on me. a high note, Andy. I blame Kay. He left that on the two. Oh, okay. According to a new report by Deadline, Pirates of the Caribbean director Gore Verbinski is currently making a deal to helm Gambit. The X-Men spinoff has been in production limbo for years now with Fox after multiple directors have been pegged for the project. 
Now, first announced that Channing Tatum would be involved two years ago at the San Diego Comic-Con. Before Verbinski's name was thrown in, Rupert Wyatt was originally attached as director, exited due to scheduling conflicts. Edge of Tomorrow, Doug Helmer. Uh, Doug Helmer? <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow, Helmer? Wow. The power of magic is amazing. <laughs> wow, that's... Uh, my, my reading. <laughs> I was supposed to read Edge Doug of... Doug Henning cracks me up anyway, but the fact that you made the connection... <laughs> wow. That fucking mustache. <laughs> Jeff has gone over, folks. Gone over. This is what lack of sleep does to you. <laughs> Doug Henning does to you. Now, now, now don't, don't pop a Quaid, uh, a Torgo. Oh. Uh. Anyway, uh. I was supposed to read Edge of Tomorrow Helmer, Doug Lyman. Oh, okay. Okay. Was re- later reportedly in talks for the gig. It's uh, magic. But went to work <laughs> on adapting Chaos Walking books instead. In the meantime, the studio had to sit back, watch other solo X-Men films like Deadpool and Logan perform well to mature audiences. There's been some discussion as to whether or not Gambit will go the same route as Deadpool in trying to appeal to an R-rated audience. Fail. But actor Tatum is on the fence, telling Yahoo Movies, I don't know yet, we're not quite going there because I enjoyed Gambit as a kid, so I don't want to rule out PG-13. PG Does the character really need that? Does the character really go there in the comics? Not really. No. Yeah, some of the yeah. some of the things we want to... <laughs> I mean, some of the things we... Some of the things we want to do is a little bit R, but we're not sure if it mer- merits a full R yet. I kind of agree with him. Wait, this is a guy from the Pirates of the Caribbean? No, no that, this is Channing Tatum. Yeah. Oh, but so, but the the director is from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's the new one attached to. So it. full R. <laughs> oh wow! <Yeah>. Wow! <laughs> I'm glad Torgo beat me to walking into that one. <laughs> you can see the bruise going up already. <laughs> Judging by Verbinski's rap sheet of movies, it could go either way. Director's well versed in more family area stuff with Pirates franchise as well as did you the, just, the Lone Ranger, Ranger. Did you do the first one or all of them? I think he's done all of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least the, the first few. I don't know if he's yeah, done yeah, later the later ones. Uh, as well as he did the Lone Ranger, which, you know, that went well. And also with more harder edge stuff, he did The Ring and more recently A Cure for Wellness, which I guess was pretty disturbing. So he's, he's done both fair. And this is... Listen, we don't have to vote on this thing. No. I just... So um, this one's... I just... I don't... I couldn't give two shits about Gambit, so I actually like. I actually respect Channing Tatum. Yeah, uh, I mean, I you you should view Magic Mike with some kind of contempt or something. But that guy has actually, you know, with the show eventually coming here to residency in Vegas and and the the two right aren't there two successful? Yeah, there's movies? two of them. The guys, guys made some. He, he's, sure. he's got he's a brain. Super, he's super charming. So and a funny guy. Yeah. So you know, but goddamn, I just don't give two shits about Gambit. Right, and it's been in development hell for so long now, and and visually so. It's like every couple of months we get some other. Well, bad news for Gambit news. Yeah. So, so. as well, right here, here's a little bit of hope, but right. We'll we'll revisit this again next year when they get another director. <laughs> the hell was that guy that used to be on the New Orleans guys in the in the eighties that did all the uh, guarantee? 
This is thick Louisiana accent. Oh, is this a commercial? God, uh, that was his name. I know who you're talking about too. God, it was. Is, is this a movie character? Or a um, commercial? Uh, oh, the, the, the cooking like, Cajun. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I just can't remember what his it's like name deep, is. It's like cable. It's like on cable all the time. No, no, not cable from the X Men. Oh, okay. No, no, not yeah, that. Yeah. Different cable. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, yeah, cooking Cajun, and yeah, he. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fry that up. I'll guarantee. Yeah. He became a little, yeah. a little bit of a. Mini celeb. Yeah, he was like the Hey Vern guy without doing the commercials. Right, kind of like the Oi guy from Justin Oi! Wilson. That was his name. Justin, Justin Wilson, the Justin cooking Wilson. Cajun. There you go. Yeah. Right. My dad used to watch it all the time. He was on PBS, I swear, three or four times a day. Yeah. And now yeah. I want to remember what the hell the Oi guy's in. What are these? And what are these? Two right Oi! Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. It's funny. My dad would love watching that, but anytime I'd try to get him to try any Cajun food, he'd be like, <laughs> Oh, I thought you said your dad loved batteries. <laughs> no, he loved watching that. No, he, the cooking yeah. Cajun. <clears throat> Andy, he was ignoring you. Yeah, yeah. most people do. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking we're we're talking about what you were talking it's a about. Safe bet, generally. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you ignoring Andy? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. and maybe next week Andy will tell us about his wonderful uh, adventure he had over the last few days. Oh yeah, you had a wonderful adventure over the last. I days? went down to Titus Canyon. To, to tie up Titus Canyon. What Titus Canyon? It's a yeah. seventeen mile dirt road, one way into in, that goes into Death Valley. Didn't you also go to the Alien Brothel? Oh, that was on the way. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, oh wait, what? wait, wait someone buried the lead. <laughs> a dirt road that goes one way <laughs> to an this, Alien Brothel. Isn't this you? Didn't you run out of gas on something like this? Year, no, a year, but that, that years was ago? another Quamper strip that I ran out oh, of gas. Okay. It was up near that I'm neck sorry. of the woods. Yeah. There's an alien brothel? Yeah. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Hoff, Hoff owns, owns it. it. And there's giant billboards saying vote for Dennis Hoff because he's running for assembly. No. Yeah. I yes. refuse. <laughs> you refuse Orbach to vote or refuse to believe? I, I, I don't believe. <laughs> Todd rolls for disbelief. <laughs> you failed your check. I've got oh, photos. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I'll guarantee. All right. We'll save that for next week. We sure. got a lot of emails. I'm going to go buy it again Sunday. So, we'll, you know. Okay, so yeah. you're going to so you reinforce sure, yeah, yeah. your experiences. Yeah, exactly. I like it. And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Oh, fact check Andy. I was ignoring me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Yeah, we're back on the regular schedule. Yay. Hey. Oh, boy. Pop oh, that thing. Todd. That's what uh, she said. Last uh, Sunday, I gave the group a deck of many things. Oh, he did. Oh wow! That's we haven't cracked it. Yet. I won't call yeah. that brave, but uh, yeah, stupid yeah. maybe. <laughs> I'm actually disappointed because it seems like, uh, yeah, they 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 didn't even bite. Really? Oh, I was sitting there going, oh yeah, this is going to be several episodes. All right, sure. I hope so. Oh yeah, it'll be good now stuff. It can be such a game breaker though. Ga- uh, Gary, Gee, now Gary, you've infected me. <laughs> God damn it, Bar- Bar- Barry, yeah, <laughs> Gygax himself. Barry uh, just messaged me. Apparently, his awesome uh, character that he's playing in this game oh, no. drew the void. Oh, Jesus. I forget. <clears throat> what does the void do? It, um, that's either the one that totally empties your brain. Oh, God. Or you get sucked into oblivion. He said effectively destroys my character for the campaign. So I think that's the one that just sucks out your brain. Yeah. Oh, so he doesn't have to role play anymore. No. no. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, good. Yay. So, deck of many things. How many cards are in it, and what is what is the set? It's a they full fifty-two, it? isn't it? Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's twenty-two. Twenty-two. Twenty-two is the full cards. And Shit! It's, so it's a one in twenty-two chance of pulling the void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
fuck me. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in there. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a get an enmity of a of a, a devil or demon. Um, you, you pulled one that I pulled you three. Of, oh Jesus! It, right. it destroyed all my non magical gear, then all my magical gear, and then uh, I, I think I might have gotten the enmity of some other thing. I don't know what the third one was because by then I I was just pissed because care. Paulette, third nothing. Paulette, there is no third thing. fucking. Dragonborn cleric murdering or paladin or she murdered <laughs> and she drew three times like and she arrow. got 10,000 experience. She got showered in gems and wealth. I mean, she's, she got three great cards and the cards go right back into the deck. Sure. So, so you can get that again. You can get that yeah. again. And so I drew three and all three of them were fuck you <laughs> horribly sideways you're going to be destroyed so you're gonna go with andy to the alien brothel yeah, well i don't know is he paying i'm not paying <laughs> you know me i'm out of work as much as you are <laughs> then why are you going back i'm passing by it oh okay yeah. you're passing but do they have a like, wink, gift wink, shop nudge nudge what's up yeah absolutely it's, it's, awesome. it's basically a giant convenience store with a brothel behind it Stay tuned to next week, folks. <laughs> wow. I can't wait to hear this one. That sounds like rolling in Nevada. I know how to count down when I'm learning Chinese, says Werner von Braun.